Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters to restoration. So I got my buddy here, Patrick McKay, out in good old Independence, Missouri, aka Zion. And uh, he's on for a very special episode. So a couple weeks ago, I saw on Facebook, there was this posting for this new video uh, for, his, uh, for his channel. Um, and, and then I realized, oh, this is an older video because it didn't show up. And it was your Thanksgiving video that you posted for your channel. And that got the wheels turning because I thought, well, I could have him on as a guest. But as I was watching your video, I realized that was the very first video that you uh, produced for your channel, which was partly used to uh, promote your book, Healing the Breach. And we can we could talk about this briefly at some point if you want to. And uh, and then you your very first video was about the restoration uh, Latter Day Saints and the thanks and Thanksgiving. So I guess my question to you is: first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. I'm glad to glad to be here. Happy Thanksgiving to you also. Same to you. And for those of you who are on other parts of the planet that do not celebrate Thanksgiving when we do, when your Thanksgiving comes around, we wish you a Thanksgiving as well. We should all have Thanksgiving in our heart every day, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, I basically, uh, Patrick, uh, you decided to shoot about two years ago, actually. Um, you had you released your very first video in your on your YouTube channel. And it was Thanksgiving oriented. And obviously that was important that it uh, tied in with Thanksgiving. So maybe just talk a little bit about what led it up to doing this video and what the message of that video was all about. Well, thank you. You know, the, the book I wrote, Healing the Breach, Mormonism, Metaphors and the Pieces of the Puzzle, is all designed to try to find common ground with those within the constellation of Mormonism. I decided to uh, make videos because people don't really read as much as they like to observe. And I thought it would be interesting to share this concept as a restoration uh, Thanksgiving, that this was the restoration's identity. And like all Americans, we believe in the traditional Thanksgiving. We champion the pilgrims that came here and the, the hardships which were theirs and how God led them here. Uh, they came to establish a holy city. Um, they came to reform the church. They came to take the gospel to the American Indian, and they wanted to build a city on a hill. And those are ideas that are codified within the restoration. Uh, a restoration identity for us also includes other pilgrims that came to America. We have the story of the Jaredites who came here. We have the story of Columbus. He's mentioned in the Book of Mormon. Uh, we also have the story of the Nephites and the Mulekites that came to the Americas. And so we join with the pilgrims that are common to us in the 1620s, and we simply want to add to or enlarge that appreciation. You know, the, it's one thing to be full of thanks. It's another thing to have gratitude. And I'm grateful for the heritage that I have in the Restoration. I'm grateful for the heritage I have in America. I'm grateful for the good and great men that have gone before us and laid a foundation. And so that was the genesis of that, Stephen, to try to get Latter-day Saints to realize that we have so much we can add to the dialogue to enlarge the Thanksgiving story through the prism of the restoration. And so what made you decide that that would be the first video you would shoot for your uh, promotion of your book and your YouTube channel? Well, it was in the fall season when I decided to shoot my first videos, and I thought, well, why not begin with Thanksgiving? I thought that was something that we all believe in. Uh, 
you know, most Latter-day Saints are familiar with their neighbors and friends, fellow Christians, and they interact with them. And I thought, why not enlarge that to try to persuade our people to try and find common ground with fellow restorationists, fellow believers in both the Bible and the Book of Mormon. And so that became a jumping off point for us. And out of that, I produced, I think, about 20, 25 videos all speaking about our commonalities, uh, healing the breach, repairing the damage that came following the death of Joseph with the anticipation that if we're not one, we're not his. And so we need to work on that, try to find common ground, and then let God do the heavy lifting. So that was the genesis, Stephen, for my YouTube channel. It was an outgrowth of my book, and I thought it was a good place to begin to find common ground to build on. So Thanksgiving wasn't officially made a holiday until years after the formation of the Restoration, but were there Thanksgiving-type traditions in during the time of Joseph Smith um, in the early days of the church, or did that evolve later? I'm, I'm not too super familiar. Well, it was like Christmas. Uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving both were not really big holidays like we celebrate today, and although we look at Thanksgiving today is feasting and fellowship, which is fine. Uh, the idea of gratitude, which undergirds it, is far greater, and it ought to be part of uh, the Latter-day Saint experience on a daily basis. We find many, many scriptures in all three of our book of scriptures in the reorganization uh, championing this idea of thanksgiving and praise. And so we simply want to overlay that, and, and over time, like it has in all of Christianity, these holidays have grown and they've become enlarged and and it's simply an opportunity for us to join in the common good and try to magnify it with the particular scriptures that testify of our thanks our praise you know we have scriptures that says everything that the lord has made is for the benefit and use of man to be used with prudence and thanksgiving one of joseph's latter-day revelations that speaks to us today so I think in your video, you quoted from Alma um, about Thanksgiving. Is that correct? Or if you hmm? jot your memory and maybe talk a little bit about that verse. Well, uh, they wanted to practice Thanksgiving daily. And so we have a day in our world today that we set aside as a time to remember uh, the harvest and the good that's come from the earth and to praise God and thank him for our blessings but the Book of Mormon is more specific. He talked about being full of praise and thanksgiving daily. And so really this national holiday is really an opportunity for us to focus back on being a thankful people all the time. And the Latter-day message uh, should enlarge the general idea of thanksgiving that we can add to the dialogue. And we have something to offer to our fellow Christians who celebrate this day and, and, and also acknowledge the hand of God in the founding of our nation. You see, Stephen, we have a, a revelation that came through Joseph Smith, and he mentioned that the Constitution was formed by wise men whom he'd raised up, uh, and it was written uh, pertaining to fortuity or to the future, that this nation was established and this Constitution came forth so that the gospel could spring forth out of the very wilderness that the pilgrims came to. You know, when the pilgrims came, there was no one to greet them. There were no grocery stores. There were no friends. There was no FEMA organization. 
55 of their people died, they, they had more funeral services than they had homes that were built in the first year. And yet they were full of thanksgiving and praise. They were looking for something that they couldn't find in England and Holland. And they looked to this wilderness that they could establish a plantation where the gospel of Jesus Christ could flourish. And so out of their hardships, they were still a thankful people because they looked beyond. They saw a city set upon a hill. And that's the dream of the Latter-day work. We have a scripture in the Book of Mormon that says, blessed are they who shall seek to bring forth my Zion at that day, for they shall have the gift and the power of the Holy Ghost. That Zion is that city on a hill. That dream the pilgrims had in the Reformation actually finds fulfillment in the restoration in the building of a holy city, introducing what we call the peaceful reign for a thousand years where Christ comes and lives with his people. So one of the things that's interesting um, about the background of Joseph Smith is that he actually comes, his ancestors were pilgrims. Sure. Yeah, and he traces them right back to the Mayflower. Yeah, and so there's a real deep connection to the pilgrims and, and Joseph Smith as well. And then, of course, you tie that in with what he had to say about our nation and, and Thanksgiving and what the Book of Mormon has to say. You kind of see a real convergence going on there. I think today we still have pilgrims. Those like the uh, those who came uh, on the Mayflower and then later on the Arbella, uh, they were looking for freedom. Uh, and pilgrims are still looking for the freedom that we find in Christ. You know, our liberty is in Christ. And where there's liberty, there the spirit of the Lord is. And we see uh, in many countries and even in our own nation today, we see an overstretch from government and from institutions that, that want to strip people of liberties. And so it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that offers this solace, this comfort. And in spite of anything that goes on around us, what goes on inside of us is far greater. And we find our hope and our strength and the Christology we find in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's manifest in such a way that we can, as a people, give thanks to God. And so I believe that the restoration holds not only the key for uniting uh, people around the message of the Book of Mormon, it holds the key for all of Christianity to find a way that we can point men to Christ, that they can press into him and find freedom and comfort and salvation. So you grew up uh, in, a, in an RLDS church. Maybe mm -hmm. you could just talk a little bit about some of your memories growing up, uh, Thanksgiving memories, and also maybe any kind of unique RLDS type kind of things that were unique in like Thanksgiving traditions that you maybe practice as a family or that were unique to your, uh, your faith community? Well, I grew up in a typical American home. We always had uh, Thanksgiving with our family. Of course, we, we would have turkey and sometimes we would have ham. Uh, you know, we would have all the fixings with uh, the cranberries and the apple pie and, and the pumpkin pie. And we did what most people do. Uh, in the little congregation that I grew up in, in California, Thanksgiving was always on Thursday. And so Wednesday night was always a special night for us. That was a time that we would gather in preparation for Thanksgiving. We would have prayer, but we would also have some kind of remarks that were offered. We would sing hymns. Uh, we would sing hymns about thanks and praise. We gathered together to ask the Lord's blessings. Uh, and so that was typical of us growing up. That was just part of our DNA. 
and uh, it was a special time. And so in the reorganization, we're very thematic. When we have any kind of service, whether it's an ordination, a baptism, a confirmation, um, we're thematic and we select songs that deal with that theme. And so uh, the holidays in our church have always been magnified. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Mother's Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, we have taken opportunity to use these venues to bear witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to sing about him, to praise him, to give thanks to him. And so this is, I don't know, didn't grow up in other parts of the restoration, but through the reorganization, we were very cognizant of our American heritage and how we could weave that together with the gospel of Jesus Christ that we believe was restored through the providence of Joseph Smith. So you're connected to many, many groups within the restoration. Part of your uh, mission or your ministry is to try to uh, bring unity and restoration back into uh, the restoration, if you will. And so you're in communication with other groups. Are there other Thanksgiving traditions like in the LDS church or other groups that you're aware of that might be different than, that, than yours or that would be worth mentioning? Well, I think they're probably pretty similar. I think the video that I produced, and by the way, that's available at YouTube. My YouTube channel is Patrick McKay SR. And I'll, put, I'll provide a link for that in the description. Okay. And um, I've not known anyone else in the restoration that's proffered the idea of having a Thanksgiving heritage that could unite the restoration to enlarge the story. I think that that's something that we should develop we should work towards. Uh, I believe it would get us out of our silos that seem to separate us and bring us together on some of the bigger issues that, that we share in common. And you know, Stephen, uh, saints like to sit and gobble. They like to sit and eat and talk. And that's what we do at Thanksgiving. And, and so we do that and we do that with our neighbors and friends. Why not explore doing that with fellow Book of Mormon believers and fellow Christians for that matter? Uh, have an opportunity to use this as a springboard to talk about what we share in common. And we do have an awful lot to be thankful for. You know, there's a, we live in a time when, when uh, everything that we've been taught is there's tension in our country. But, you know, millions of people still want to come to America because they see in America there's freedom. I, I've had the chance to travel many places in the world to share the gospel. And everyone wants to come to America. They see opportunity. They see education. They see freedom. But what they don't all understand is the reason why we have this kind of freedom is because God appointed this place. He raised up these individuals that formed and fashioned this nation. He led Columbus to America. He led the pilgrims here. He raised up the founding fathers. He restored the gospel through Joseph Smith and those that were early associated with him. And so this is a special place that a special testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ can grow and enlarge and change and transform us and carry us into heavenly places. That's the dream of the Latter-day message. And the church didn't come forward to tear down what was here. The churches that were here, it came to build them up. And there are many, many fine Christian people outside the restoration that, frankly, we're probably not yet worthy of because we have things that divide us and keep us from allowing our testimony to fully shine. 
And so I look forward to that day uh, soon approaching when we can let the bushel shine and allow people to see the beauty and the magnitude of the Latter-day work and that we can invite them into his kingdom. You know, you had mentioned about Book of Mormon believers and also Christians coming together. And one of the more unique things that happened last month is that you gave, um, you invited me to come and address the Book of Mormon rally in Independence, Missouri. And there were uh, people from uh, basically most of the uh, branches of the restoration. And also there were Christians like myself and Lynn Reidenhauer. And we even had a, a, a person who's associated with the old Catholic church, uh, a priest with that organization also spoke in the group, uh, actually wore priestly robes and everything like that. And so one of the things I had brought up to the group when I made the address is that there is so much in the Book of Mormon that a Protestant Christian in particular uh, could really embrace, and we can find commonality in that area as well. So let's just maybe speak a little bit about that. Well, the Book of Mormon is, is uh, it's a Christ-centric book. We talk of Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, we write according to our prophecies, Nephi says, um, that our children may know to what source they may look for remission of their sins. We believe there is a God and he is Christ, and he manifested himself in the flesh. Uh, we commend people to seek this Jesus of whom the prophets and apostles have written. You know, Stephen, almost every book, every page in the Book of Mormon, excuse me, offers some witness of Jesus Christ. And so the Christology in the Book of Mormon, uh, my friend Lynn Ridenauer says, you know, he said that the Book of Mormon is more Baptist than the Baptist hymnal. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. and, and what he's saying is, is he believes it's Christ-centric. He believes the message is there. And so uh, this is the message that we have to offer. We, we speak of uh, his goodness. You know, we even have a passage in the Book of Mormon that says, if you can't believe in my words, believe in Christ. And if you believe in Christ, you believe in these words, for they are the words of Christ. And so the, the opportunity is there for people to seek, to ask, to knock. Uh, and inquire of the Lord. If it is of God, the Holy Spirit will bear witness of it. So there's nothing to fear. The Bible itself says that every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. We have an account in the Book of Mormon of 24, 2,500 people, men, women, and children, who saw the resurrected Christ touch the wounds in his hands and in his side. And so really, a lot of times, it isn't that people have problems with the Book of Mormon. It's that they may not believe their own Bible, because the Bible lets you know whether this is of God or whether it's of man. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, it, it is interesting to me that, you know, one of the things I'm very thankful, actually, Patrick, is for you. Um, you know, before I even taped my very first episode, um, a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Paul, is it Ludi or Luddy? Paul Ludy. Okay, yeah. I got it right the first time, man. Uh, he had told yeah. me about you, and then you had called me. And of course, I've talked to, to other people. We've I've mentioned this in our previous interviews, but I'm just thankful to you uh, because you kind of were very deeply impactful on the channel because you had talked to me about Sister Arlene Buffington of the Church of Jesus Christ and her songs of Zion. And this is actually something uh, a real special one. Um, Becky Tarbeck sent to me. You actually had a hand in the manufacturing of this particular edition. And, uh, and it's just a wonderful story. So one of the other things I'm thankful for is to have heard this story and then connected with the Church of Jesus Christ 
I'm thankful that I've had Becky Tarbeck on and I'm thankful that Josh Gailey been on and I'm thankful that the church has embraced me so warmly. And uh, of course, you've had similar experiences with them as well in your endeavor of trying to bring about restoration within the restoration. You know, <clears throat> there's a song in, in Arlene's book. It's hymn number 153. It's called The Trumpets Are Blowing This Morning Again. And, you know, one morning, Stephen, I was just getting ready to teach a Sunday school class. I thought I would stop and have a bowl of cereal. And as I was eating that cereal, I, I went to my computer and I clicked on one of the songs of Zion. And that was the song that popped up. And the first stanza, it says, he's calling, inviting God's children to share. And when I heard that, I actually heard a voice. And the voice spoke to me and said, the period of gestation is over for the songs of Zion. And I thought, where did that come from? <clears throat> and so I thought about that all day. And uh, I decided that evening I would uh, drop a note to Sister Becky Tarbuck. And I said, Becky, this was my experience this morning. I, I don't know what you think, but this was my experience. And up to this time, the songs of Zion had never been shared outside the Church of Jesus Christ, with one exception that Arlene had given us the, the copyright to print these, not for sale, but to use in our local congregation. But my experience was shared with Arlene, and she believed it, and that opened the door for the songs of Zion now to be made available to anybody. Anybody can go to that website, uh, The Dawning of a New Day, The Songs of Zion, and they can download those songs. They can listen to them. They can learn them. They can sing them. And they can see the power and the glory that's vouchsafed in those songs, which I believe came by divine appointment. Those songs were inspired both in the melody and in the words. They talk of Christ and they bear witness of Zion, his Latter-day theme. So I have some neighbors who are born again Christians and they're kind of interested. Well, they're interested in what I'm doing, but they don't totally understand it. But I just, one of the first people, I just handed it to him. I said, just look, look through this. And my friend Tom was so interested and he spent two days with it and him and his wife went through it. And he said, we didn't find anything in there. There was nothing in there that we'd find objectionable. And I want to parlay that with an experience that I had at the church service I visited in Cape Coral, Florida a couple weekends ago was I was reading, I was singing a song or I was reading along because I'm not familiar with the songs, but I was reading along with them as they were singing them. And as I was reading the, the words, I thought there's nothing here that would, a Christian would be bothered by. And not only that, I wish there were other Christians in this room right now, you know, Christians of my tradition that could be hearing this song and experiencing what I'm experiencing. It's been a real privilege to be able to, I mean, I'm probably the only evangelical that's really been able to experience this, to have a copy of this hymnal and everything. And to me, it's such a blessing and such a unique thing. And so to me, this is what it's all about, folks, is that, you know, the if man didn't see it coming and it happens, it's probably from the Lord. And that's how I operate. I think that this is a, remote, a remarkable story and it's a remarkable church that I've been able to attend with their services. And I don't know, Patrick, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I do think it's a remarkable experience Sister Arlene had. You know, we've had people in the Restoration that have composed many songs. Harley P. Pratt, an early apostle, he offered uh, about 54 songs that he, he wrote. Of course, he didn't create the music. W.W. Uh, Phelps also wrote several songs and took songs that were Protestant songs and refabricated them uh, to tell our story. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and we've had people who are musical that can 
write a melody and and uh, also compose words, but nobody anywhere in the restoration has received over 240 songs, every note, every word. And Sister Arlene, as you know, she didn't write these songs. She didn't sit down and say, well, today I think I'm going to try to get a, a theme together and I, I'm going to come up with some lyrics and I'm going to figure out a melody. I'm going to write a song. Every note, every word was given to her. She never knew when they would come or how they would come, but every song came with an experience. And she was able to remember the note for every song until it was put down on paper. And she's not musical. She's not poetic. That hasn't been her gift. This is a gift that was given to her by divine appointment. It's revelation, and it bears witness of the Latter-day theme, Zion. So about two years ago or so, you came out with the book Healing the Breach. And since the publication of this book, do you have any good reports that you would like to share in your journey of trying to heal the breach? Well, yeah, I think that there's been a, a number of doors that have opened. Uh, people have begun dialoguing. And you know, Stephen, you and I had talked off camera earlier how your YouTube channel had allowed people that would never have talked to each other to begin communicating with each other. And that's what I've hoped that the book would do in my YouTube channel. And what I find is that when I post a video, I post it on several restoration sites and people respond, people reach out to me and people are beginning to hear other parts of the restoration. I, I like to refer to the story of the woman at the well. You know, the, the, the children of Ephraim, the, the Northern Kingdom were peeled off the land and others were brought in their place. And, and the Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews and the Jews wouldn't deal with the Samaritans. But Jesus talked to both. He talked to the woman at the well, and he talked to his disciples. The problem is they weren't talking to each other. And in the restoration, I think that uh, each group of the restoration claims that the Lord has spoken to them, has guided them. Uh, they've had angelic visitations, dreams and visions. There have been prophecy. There have been miracles, signs and wonders. And they think that's unique to their part of the restoration. The problem is they haven't been talking to the other parts and some of those things that we consider so unique in our branch of the restoration have taken place in other parts. And it's just now that we're beginning to discover that because gradually the door is beginning to open. People are beginning to have dialogue. And as we share testimony, not about our differences, but what we have in common, we're developing an association of friendship. And it fills me with thanksgiving and with gratitude because I see that God is in the matter. I see that God is beginning to move, that he will make bare his arm. He will bend the heavens and shake the earth to bring about his purposes in the latter days, to gather a people, build a city, and anoint his people as a bride adorned for her husband for that wedding feast that we speak about in Luke and in also Latter-day Revelation. So uh, I just wanted to point out to my audience that you have some interesting photographs behind you. This is your study, which I believe I visited last time I was there. I noticed there's a bearded figure behind you. Why don't you tell us who that gentleman is? Uh, that's actually a picture that I found in the Kirtland Temple. It was going to be destroyed. It's a diagraph of Joseph Smith III. He's about 50 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see it a yeah. little closer here. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have several pictures. I have some 
of our world conferences outside of the Stone Church and outside of the auditorium. The Stone Church, which was built in 19, uh, 1887, the first RLDS church that was built here after the saints returned to independence. Um, I have the Kirtland Temple. I have a little ship that sailed from San Francisco to Tahiti. Uh, it was told it was only to be used for missionary work. When they got there, others wanted to use it for commerce, and it sank. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so there's a lot of heritage on my wall, and and it gives me an opportunity when people come into my home to tell them a little bit about our story, who we are, where we came from. I think it's really important, Stephen, when we talk about who we are, that we share our heritage. No matter what part of the restoration or even part of Christianity you come from, we all have a divine destiny if we've named the name of Jesus. And we have a future. And as we look far enough down the road, Stephen, we don't see two lanes on the highway. We see one lane. And that's the destiny for those who have come unto Christ and embraced his gospel. And that's the future for all of his people. Oh, so I, I wanted, you shared those wonderful photos with me last time I was there. And I just thought, let's just share it with the, with the audience. And I, I appreciate you doing that. Um, you know, as our society is uh, really in the last year and a half with everything with the COVID and a lot of people have had to make adjustments to their lives and reassess things. And, and maybe hopefully I noticed that more and more stores are closing on Thanksgiving day, as opposed to making them into just another day where they can sell stuff. Um, you know, maybe, maybe after what we've all been through, perhaps we can all just pause and be thankful for the, that we've gotten through this in many ways. And that we, if we have faith, um, we can continue forth. And uh, maybe what's happened over the last, well, really, when you think about the last 10, 20 years, it's been remarkable. Um, you know, when all of this history's happened, um, it, it, maybe things like this happen to give us pause and recognize that we need to be grateful and thankful. Well, of course, um, everything works to the good of those that love God. You know, when I moved independence in 1975, we had a blue law. All the stores were closed on Sunday. And of course, that's changed. But, but maybe uh, through the lockdowns and the other things that we've gone through and, and uh, now having a lack of people to work and so forth, uh, maybe we'll be forced uh, by circumstances to revisit some of these things and regain our balance, uh, have a new perspective. I don't know, but I, I think those that have lived through this period of time, and, and it's been a trial and a struggle. It's been a struggle. Churches have been closed. Uh, families have not been able to interact. I, I know my mother-in-law, who's 92, had COVID, and she was in the hospital, and my wife didn't want to take her to the hospital because she feared she may never see her again but she got so sick, she knew she couldn't take care of her at home. And of course, uh, she was administered to, we believe in, like it says in uh, James in the New Testament, if there are any sick, let them call for the elders, anointing them with oil and a prayer of faith, she'll raise them up. And she recovered and she came home and she's still with us today. But it is an opportunity for us to recognize how fragile we are and how powerful God is and how much we need him as well as one another in our faith journey. Well, Patrick, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on to my program. And, um, you know, audience, if you want to leave comments about, you know, what you're thankful for, um, whether you're friends with me on Facebook or on Reddit or just on my YouTube channel, uh, just maybe list things that you're thankful for. 
Um, and I just want to say I'm thankful for all the guests that I've had in my program. And I'm thankful for all the wonderful people that um, are watching my program. And, and, and so I want to thank my audience and I want to thank my subscribers. Um, I really do appreciate you. And I really do appreciate you, uh, Patrick. Um, I just want to ask, do you have like a final brief word you'd like to share with the restoration and with Christians in general and the world? Yeah, I do. I, our hope is in Christ. And in the restoration, we believe that we have a unique testimony that can enlarge the witness of Jesus Christ. And we invite all men to come unto Christ. We invite people to consider the Book of Mormon as the authentic word of God, that God is no respecter of persons and that all those who fear and love him uh, can be blessed of him. And so we invite you to ask, seek, knock, that you may find. And uh, we want to join with all good and righteous people. You know, Stephen, in the, I think I mentioned in my video, the ancient uh, Slavic people had a custom that whenever they would erect a new building, they would put a living creature under it. And I suppose it was their idea that that living creature would give potency and vitality to that building. And yet in a larger sense, any institution that's of value has underneath it people of quality and potency and power that have given it stability and continuity. We believe that in the restoration, there are many godly men and women that have given their lives for Christ and the cause of Zion. And because of it, it's perpetual, it's enduring, and it will fulfill its promises. So we invite men to consider the restoration, to come unto Christ, to be faithful, and to wait upon him, as I said earlier, to bend the heavens and shake the earth, to make his power known, that in this winding up stage, we might see and be prepared for the Lord when he returns in glory. That's our earnest prayer. And so at this time of year, we are grateful and thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is the power to transform us and carry us into heavenly places. Happy so, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And I just wanted to share with the audience. So when I was speaking at the Book of Mormon Rally, I had two pages and I forgot to flip the second page. And I want to share with the audience what I was going to say at the rally. And that was, Patrick, you and I may not see eye to eye when it comes to doctrine or maybe even the end of days. But if I get a phone call from you saying, Steve, we're about to build up Zion, I'll be like, okay, Patrick, I'm on my way. <laughs> And so I, I want to share that with you because I, I feel like what you're doing is, uh, is of the Lord. And I want to thank, I want to honor you and your work. And so I, I want to tell you, I'm very thankful to you, Patrick and uh, folks, let's just start talking. There's no reason why we can't do it. And, and like I said, I'm thankful for this channel, how the Lord has many people feel that the Lord's blessed it. I did not expect this to happen, but it has. And I want to thank Patrick for being one of the instruments that really nudged it in this direction. So thank you, Patrick. Oh, you're welcome. But thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you too and consider you someone whose efforts I can certainly champion. And uh, thank God for you and for all that you're doing to bring people together that we can have dialogue. 
All right, folks. Well, you heard it here. So I just want to remind my audience to like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification button so that you'll be informed when the new uh, video comes out. Uh, everybody, just be well. The holiday seasons can be crazy, whether there's a, a pandemic or not, they're going to be crazy. So just be uh, use common sense and uh, follow the spirit and all will be well.